0: The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at, That's at Ronnie K. Radio. That's R O N N I E K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast. We're going to get into the Denver Broncos and the NFL Draft. You know, on our previous episode of the Denver Broncos Broncos Blitz podcast, talked about trading up and how the Denver Broncos could be looking to do that and how I had some interest in seeing that. But you know what I also mentioned in that podcast, and I wanted to get into it today with my good buddy Zach Seegers, trading down. Could Denver be looking to stockpile more picks and then maybe having more darts, which means you could throw more towards the dartboard and hopefully hit a bullseye with one of these picks. What would a trade down would do for the Denver Broncos and also on top of that, who could they be targeting position-wise? We'll get into that on the podcast today, but first, I want to talk about our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hops and to jump away from Coors Field, 70 Colorado Bears on tap and 100 Colorado Distilled Spirits. Be sure to go on over there to Tap 14. Check out the Great Fair. And, of course, always at Rooftop. Even in the wintertime, it is heated. In the summer, it is a tremendous place with a tremendous view. Go on over there to Tap 14 on the web. That's tap14.com. Spell out the word 14 for me, tap dot. Bring in Zach Seegers, who, of course, a contributor to Sports.com. And maybe more importantly, as we discuss draft on the podcast, Zach, I want you to tell people about the What's on Draft uh, series that you are writing uh, at Sports.com.
1: Absolutely. Our What's on Draft series is going to be a a once-a-week article. We uh, crank out looking at uh, who are the top prospects the Broncos can draft all throughout, you know, first round, second round. Uh, We'll be looking also at should they trade up, should they trade down, what should they do with that bevy of picks and capital they have. And, uh, yeah, this should be a really fun draft season for Broncos fans. Now, you have –
0: this has been a series that's been running already, correct?
1: Yeah, it's been running. So that's the other great thing. They can go back to the what's on drafts I was writing in August or September to see throughout the season I uh, did a series on who are the top offensive line prospects the Broncos could target, who are the top defensive line prospects, who are the best cornerback prospects, and even if you – root for teams that aren't necessarily the Broncos. I've covered most of the position groups there, so you can get a a pretty good idea of the first round of that draft um, just by looking back through the uh, uh, What's on Draft catalog.
0: So, of course, be sure to go on over there and check that out. That is all available at com. So uh, there's an archive of uh, stuff that you can read on, and then, of course, there's going to be new stuff continuing at com from Zach. So, uh, Zach, let's start uh, in... Let's start with the 15th pick moving down. Um, First of all, in in your gut feeling, um, a trade down, yay or nay?
1: Big nay uh, just for so many different levels. I think the draft is all about pairing need with value. And so the Broncos' needs and values, they might not line up excellently at 15. I think they do where you you feel confident you'll get one of those top five offensive linemen. You'll get, uh, you know, one of those top few receivers. You'll, you know, some top defensive players. You'll have options at 15. It might not be ideal. Uh, You could argue they should trade up. Trading down really kind of messes with that aspect of it. And the other thing is, as you mentioned, teams often trade down to add draft picks. Broncos don't need to add draft picks. They need to spend their draft picks to trade up. Because like you said, now, it's great to... Uh, have a more ammo, ammo. You know, have more darts. More darts like you to said, throw at the dartboard. The odds are then that you're more likely to find the superstar. Agreed. However, look at the Broncos roster. I think we both agree there's a lot of holes on it, but there aren't twelve to thirteen rookie holes. You know, you're not gonna if the Broncos. But you can always have current, more talent, right? I I agree. But if the Broncos kept their let's say twelve um, draft picks, I think now. And, and trading down again, you're talking about boosting that number to maybe 14 or 15, 12 rookies. Some of those are going to be wasted picks. Some of them are people who are not even going to make the final roster their rookie season. So you're burning those draft picks anyways. Do you want to add more draft picks? And in other words, burn more draft picks. I think you want to, if anything, trade up, maybe not in the first round, but in the second round or the third round, you know, throughout the draft to try to, Again, limit the number of picks you have and make sure you're spending those picks wisely rather than just spending a ton of picks and hoping for a scattershot approach.
0: I will say this. I I don't think Denver's obviously going to have 12 rookies selected in the NFL draft, I think you're going to see them, and, and I would not it would not surprise me to see them trade down in the first round, but then trade back up into the second round and spend those picks, trade back up into the third round and spend those picks. You know, I, I think Denver's probably going to come away with a good haul of seven, eight, nine players. I, I definitely don't think it's going to be somewhere in the 12 range for sure, though.
1: Absolutely, and that's where it becomes more palatable because, again, like I said, pairing need with value Uh, uh, there is some needs and values that line up in the twenties. I don't think it's quite as good as 15, you know, in the twenties wide receiver, you're looking at a guy like uh, T. Higgins out of Clemson. Uh, I don't love that fit. I think he's a little too much like Sutton and, and doesn't give the Broncos offense another dimension. Uh, you could also look at adding someone like Justin Jefferson out of LSU had a great season this year, really crafty route runner. Um, you know the cornerbacks. I think would probably be the strength of the twenties if the Broncos traded down. You know you can look at Christian Fulton out of LSU, who's talented. Jeff Gladney out of TCU, uh, a guy who's been building some buzz and climbing up the boards recently. Paulson Adebo is a name that a lot of people like. I I'm really not a big fan on him. The games I watched with him going against NFL receivers, I think he got his lunch eaten, uh, specifically by Gabe Davis of uh, Central Florida. But I. I don't know. I just I don't love the trade down move because, again, if we're going to look at what's the most important thing to Drew Locke's success, which is priority number one for the Broncos, as it should be, it's offensive line and uh, uh, wide receiver. And I think all of five first round offensive linemen, that being Jedrick Wills, Mekhi Becton, Tristan Wirfs, um, uh, Andrew Thomas, um, and, and then Josh Jones of uh, out of the University of Houston. I might have missed one in there, but I think all those guys are off the board by pick twenty. So now you're looking at okay, we we don't have an, a first round offensive lineman to help Drew Lock out with. Do we have a wide receiver? Again, there are those guys like Justin Jefferson and T Higgins, but I don't know if they're the best fit with the personnel Denver already has. And Justin. Outside of Justin Jefferson, who just doesn't give you a lot athletically, he's just a very crafty, ready. He'll be great year one in the NFL, but I don't think the potential upsides uh, as high as it is with a Lamb, a Judy, or a Rugs. Guys, sure. the Broncos could get at fifteen.
0: I, I think the big thing, and I think you're onto this, is is figuring out where you want to go position wise. You know, let's let's not talk about player first. Let's talk about position because if if they do if they do wanting to if they do want to end up going corner, look, I like some of the prospects. In this cor- in this draft, but there is no corner that stands out to me outside of Jeff Okuda, and which is not well, who I trade up. That's for. as a guy. That's a guy you would have to trade up for. So mm. if you're talking about corner, I'm not really sure that picking at 15 or even trading down to try to stockpile is great. Wide receiver, I actually totally disagree with you. I, I go the other way. I think there is actually a lot of valid. Uh, uh, thoughts to potentially trade down for a wide receiver because who says a Henry Ruggs, who says a Justin Jefferson His or a T. Time. Higgins isn't a top ten pick talent, but they aren't there because of the Jerry Judys and the CD Lambs of the world. Now, I, I'm on board with you with the idea of look, if you can get a superstar at the wide receiver position, that's all I care about. Whether it's trading up, no. down, or staying at fifteen. But I think there is a uh, there is a lot of valid um Thoughts that you could argue that if wide receiver is the goal in the first round, let's take a look at the idea of say, okay, would you rather have one Henry Ruggs or would you rather have Justin Jefferson and LaVisca Chenault? I, would you rather have the two or the one?
1: But because I think I, I can I, get, Le, I, I think I can have Henry Ruggs and LaVisca Chenault. Really? I because can, you're going to have to trade LaVisca, up for Henry Ruggs. I. Don't know if you'll have to trade. I up think you're going to have to.
0: I think you're going to have to get to now, somewhere the in that 10 11.
1: I think any other draft you would. And the 40-time with rugs, depending on how ridiculous it is, will change things. Sure. Um, but again, every NFL team is smart, and every NFL team knows that not only is the top-end wide receiver talent in this draft ridiculously special. The media scouts I follow have been saying, this is the best they've ever seen since they started scouting. For Daniel Jeremiah, that goes back to something, I think, before the year 2000. So it's an incredibly, incredibly special class. And all these NFL teams know that, that the depth is great too. So a lot of teams, I think actually you're going to see wide receivers slide down the board, and Judy and Lamb and Ruggs are all going to go later than people are expecting. Really? Because that's the buzz, and that's been the recent movement you've seen across mock drafts, is these wide receivers actually falling down into the 10s. Because even though they are elite talents, uh, the difference between that guy and the guy you get at the top of the second isn't that different. So these guys with high first-round picks, wide receivers, not a super uh, valuable position in general. Um, I, I think you're going to see those guys go a little later than is expected. Um, any other year, I'd agree with you. You'd have to pay a premium for Ruggs' speed. But I think they'll be able to get away with getting him at 15. I think there's not too f- uh, outside of a chance that they could get Judy or Lamb even at 15. I don't think that's out of question. Uh, I, you are and much
0: more optimistic than I am. I, I, I think the way the draft order r- broke down really is going to hurt Denver in this case because we're talking about a team run uh, from basically seven down that you could argue have their franchise quarterback, and now it's time to put a weapon next to him.
1: But he, here's the other thing. In the, so there's 14 picks before the Broncos, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, three of those picks are quarterbacks. So now you're down to eleven. Sure. Four of them are going to be three to four are going to be offensive linemen, right? So now you're left with
0: yeah, that, that may be a little th- high uh, high on my side right. thinking, but I get your point.
1: Well, there those three four guys when you look at the needs, offensive line is one of the more consistent needs too. And then you start looking at the guys that will definitely go in that range, like a uh, Derek Brown, uh, a Jeff Akuta, a Chase Young, sure, uh, Isaiah no Simmons. Yeah, the, the no-brainers. And if a Jeff Akuta falls and, to you at
0: 15, then you're just jumping for joy. And you're left with <laughs>
1: something like two or three slots left. Sure. Which would mean that all three of those slots would have to be wide receivers, and I just I don't see that I would be very surprised. I, I would honestly be stunned if uh, Ruggs, Judy, and Lamb are all three off the board when the Broncos are picking. Now, I could see maybe something crazy happens with Ruggs' 40 time and he gets elevated over a Lamb. Sure. Or Judy's... Body drops get a little too concerning for teams, and he somehow ends up being a surprise slide down the draft board, or Lamb is because of his 40 time. Uh, But I'd be very surprised if all three of those guys are off the board at 15. And again, I think the difference between those three guys, in terms of upside, and that next stack, is something. Also, LaVisca Chennault is the only one, I think, in that 20 range that I, I would be ecstatic with taking. And I think the Broncos can get him in the second round now with his oh. recent uh, medical reports I saw with, uh, was that his knee or his hip? I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head, but his recent medical reports have me thinking that he's going to fall to the second round, especially with his route running concerns. And people are also concerned how he's going to transition from the college game to the NFL game. There are some, uh, Percy Harvin, and Tavon Austin, uh, uh, comparisons there, um, in By personal. the way, uh,
0: nagging groin injury. Nagging the, groin the, injury. The uh, injury. Well, thank you. Uh, so if he falls to the second
1: round, um, you know, that's really where I think he's going to end up going in like the top 10 of that second round. And again, I, I would feel much better taking an offensive lineman at 15 and then a Jalen Ragar or a LaVisca Chenault in the 30s or 40s, whether you trade up for him or sit, take him with that uh, second round pick you currently have, Then trading back to 20, taking a Justin Jefferson or a T. Higgins that in T. Higgins' case doesn't fit well with my personnel or in Justin Jefferson's case has a really high floor but not the highest ceiling. Mm. And then try to address offensive line later. Offensive line, teams are realizing how hard it is to find an offensive lineman. You absolutely. to pay a mediocre guy a record-setting contract in free agency or draft one with a premium pick. And I think that's why you're going to see all five top offensive tackles Go before pick 20.
0: Yeah, see, I, I look at it totally different. So this is going to make a, a lot of podcasts moving forward very interesting because when you look at the way the, the draft breaks down, Carolina, Arizona, Jacksonville, Cleveland, New York, Vegas, Indy, uh, are 7 through 13. You can make an argument, all those guys. Uh, the, first of all, they need offensive help, period. Okay, yes. we'll, we'll take it that way. Offensive tackle. But when you look at, you know, let's say Arizona, isn't it a very sexy appeal to put a nice little wide receiver uh, to to – to catch the football next to Larry Fitzgerald.
1: It fits, it fits, but the thing is, is they drafted three or four wide receivers in last year's draft. Are they going to want to invest another premium pick in in that position when their offensive line is as poor
0: as it is? But we also know that this is an NFL where offense wins, right? Offense wins, and this is... Offensive tackle. Well, I, <laughs> well, you know what's I, a more premium I think, position? I think that's the problem with with a lot of draft theories is there are a lot of individuals where unless you have the Quentin Nelson absolute bona fide, this guy's going to be an all pro for the next ten years. I think there's a lot of teams that are starting to, I wouldn't say look away, but devalue picking a tackle very, very high, or picking a guard very, very high, and and we're starting to see that in the NFL draft, because many of them come into the NFL, even as a higher pick, and they're not as successful. I mean, and, and look, here in Denver, uh, everybody always talks about Garrett Bowles at 20, but then you look at the the guy who was picked just oh-so-10 picks later, uh, um, Ryan Ramcheck uh, in, in New Orleans, and he's been phenomenal, you yes. know? So, I, I don't think there are... I, I think the run in the NFL draft is such a momentum thing that that always takes the high priority. It's the shiny ball, that's, right?
1: That's true, but, I mean, this class is so special at offensive tackle. Again, generational- But is it special?
0: Class, it is. Is it special it at is. offensive tackle? Because here's the thing.
1: Uh, let's, let's go back to, I guess, the last two, three drafts. There's been one top ten uh, offensive lineman taken. One guy who even uh, received that buzz in the lead-up or I guess Quentin Nelson. I'm thinking offensive tackle, not offensive guard. Sure. But, uh, and that being Mike McGlinchey, who the 49ers picked. And, and it, it turned out to be a very good pick. Outside of that, now there's been guys that go in the 10s and 20s, and they're kind of the best offensive lineman in the class, and they shouldn't go there, but it's such a premium position. That's what happened with Garrett Bowles. Sure. The Broncos needed an offensive lineman so bad, and so they talked themselves into Bulls at 20 because he was the best of the bunch. This class is not like those other classes. You've had Andrew Thomas who is probably the fourth viewed pretty unanimously, I think is the fourth best guy now. And going into the season, he was viewed as a unanimous top five pick. Yes. You know, uh, the quality really is there in guys that deserve a top 10, top 15 pick. Oh, no doubt. And,
0: and, and I will say this. It, the quality is there, but, but does that's it, not that's rare. Quality, of Quality and there. special talent is a different thing. Okay, maybe not
1: special, but... Okay, Mechai Beckton out of Louisville. He's a guy. He's the rarest, of the, or not rarest, rawest of the of of the bunch. But his physical traits are ridiculous. He's sure. six foot seven, over three hundred pounds. In in terms of body type, it looks like you built an offensive tackle in a lab or like on Madden create a player sure. to be as absurdly massive as possible.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I still. And that's look- a guy
1: that, but teams love that high upside, like. Raw traits, especially on the offensive line, the Browns are taking a tackle. Right, that's their biggest need. That roster is so strong; they're taking. Well, that's I, I, I wouldn't peg Cleveland. To, I wouldn't peg
0: Cleveland to do anything for sure, fair, uh, at all. <laughs> I think it's very
1: likely. I think we could agree on that, sure. That their tackle is going to be one of their top priorities this off season. The Giants at four. Uh, with with David Gettleman, David Gettleman loves that. Yeah,
0: and we're I we're probably we're I mean. probably looking. I, I want to focus really more on the seven through thirteen right. because I, I think you're I, I in agreement. The top six, I think you're looking at quarterbacks. You're looking at the best of the bunch. Chase Young's going to be in there. I I very much think Jeff Okuda is deserving to be in there because he's just a bona fide talent, special talent, you know, special talent. But we're talking about uh, eight at Arizona. Wouldn't it be sexy to pair a wide receiver there with Kyler Murray? Uh, if Jackson. Jacksonville ends up getting a new quarterback in free agency nine, adding more offensive firepower who says Cleveland doesn't move on from Beckham and they want to add to the wide receiver position uh, adding to the arsenal with Sam Darnold.
1: It doesn't. It doesn't. Vegas. They're an analytics Indy. team now. And I mean, analytics don't support taking a wide. receiver. There
0: are, right are like a, I'm telling you, there are a lot of potential fits and and all it takes is one. But, right? All it takes is a Cleveland to flip wide receiver when everybody else thought offensive lineman or potentially on defense, and then all of a sudden the Jets are looking at him like, oh boy, well, maybe we need to panic and maybe we need to go wide receiver. But the and Jets won't Vegas because are they have at-
1: Joe Douglas, who's from the Philadelphia Eagles mindset, which is n- only about valuing premium positions sure. high in the draft. They're not going to go a wide receiver. Even though they need one, I would be stunned if the Jets took a wide receiver at 11. I think but, you start looking at the picks, and yes, they could, all those teams you listed, could go wide receiver, but they also could go offensive line. Sure, They could go secondary. They could go offensive. But it makes a lot of sense to go
0: offensive weapon. It
1: does, but that is probably also the least, wide receiver is probably the least valuable position of those premium positions. Mm -hmm. And again, I think two go before 15, I'd be surprised if all three go. And I think any of those three, I just like the fits better at wide receiver with the guys you can reasonably get in the 30s, 40s and the guys you can get in the teens better than the 20s. I just don't think Higgins and Jefferson um, should excite Broncos fans. I just – do you need another jump ball specialist? No, I don't think so. I think Cortland Sutton – I think you need a speedy guy. I I think they need uh, – I'm going
0: to open it up to a more grayer area. I think they need offensive talent. I I agree, I, I I agree. I have found a lot of the discussion of, hey, we want Henry Ruggs because he's different to Cortland Sutton. Very, very overrated. Uh, yeah, I, if you could, if you told me Justin Jefferson was going to be the next Cortland Sutton, I want Justin Jefferson. I don't care if they're the same type of wide receiver. How many teams got, you know, Host cornerbacks corner that can run with that, but also win jump balls against two, not one, two options who are that good at attacking the football at the point of attack? I think. I, yeah. I, I think the. I understand why everybody is talking about the, oh, man, we want to pair somebody different to Cortland Sutton. I think that's a bit of an overrated narrative, though. But if we –
1: let's just take, you know, off-the-field stuff out of it. If you could add a Tyreek Hill-style weapon to the Broncos' offense or, again, another Cortland Sutton, those are two incredible talents. And I think all the wide receivers, especially early in this draft, are incredible talents. Yes. I don't think there's – you know, I don't think that's the debate. I think it then comes to, okay, we have all these – Special, special talents on the outside that we can add, which fits best with what we want to do. And while, yes, if, if T. Higgins ends up being the next Cortland Sutton, that'd be an incredible weapon to have on your offense. Cortland Sutton's an incredible weapon, but I think it opens up your offense to do more things if you have a variety of weapons. I go back to Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah again, uh, these top scouts who say you want to build a wide receiver core like you'd build a basketball team. Sure. You don't want all bigs, you don't want all little short fast guys. I think you want to to vary what you have if possible. Now again if you know the best you can take the best player available at that position uh, regardless of how he fits with you stylistically, but if you can make sure you're picking in a slot that allows you to uh, draft someone that matches better with Sutton, I just think it gives Shermer more options with what he can do offensively rather than I've got two big slower jump ball guys. Sure. Even if they're excellent jump ball guys, I mean that's great for the offense. It just is limiting with the uh, Yeah, space and, and
0: that's the one that's the one thing you know a Henry Rux would do for for Denver is is maybe it opens up the playbook a little bit more, which is a very valid reason. But we're also in September Going to talk about how monstrous this offense could be if you're talking about a Justin Jefferson who's like Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton, and then Noah Fan. I mean, you're talking about how how our defense is gonna cover that. So it's I think there, I think think there's a lot of pros and cons there. Let's play a quick little game. Okay. Okay. Denver is picking at 15. This person is available. Okay. Are you picking him or passing? Okay. uh Uh, Jerry Judy.
1: Oh, oh, run that card up. Okay. Sprint it up.
0: CeeDee Lamb.
1: Yeah, it depends. That one, it depends on uh, what offensive linemen are on the board. Because, again, C.D. Lamb is very special running after okay. the catch. Uh, 40, a little bit of
0: an asterisk his, to C.D. Lamb.
1: His 40 times expected to be 4'6", which, again, is a
0: little bit of a concern for me. Henry Ruggs. Yes. Justin Jefferson.
1: At 15? Yes. No.
0: T. Higgins. Not at 15. LaVisca Chenault. Not at 15. Okay, so that, I really look at that as the top six for me, that, that really kind of stand out. Um,
1: they're the first-round talents.
0: They're the first-round talents. And
1: again, those last three guys, I'm not opposed to the Broncos picking. They, they would just, I would have to be in the 20s, you know, to feel comfortable with picking them. I think taking Justin Jefferson and uh, T. Higgins or LaVisca Chenault again, in such a deep wide receiver class where the difference between them and the guys that will be on the board at 40 for the Broncos seems like a reach at a position you really don't have to reach at. So I would not take them at 15. Yeah, I, I,
0: I look at it a little differently. Um, I, I am in agreement very much with the, the players that you mentioned when it comes to picking or passing. Uh, I just the way I look at it is if if this if this cat can ball, I want him on the roster. If if I have scouted and believe that Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver, period, and mocks believe that he's going to be towards the later of the first round, and I'm reaching probably six or seven picks to take him at 15, honestly, I'm locking up my guy. If I truly believe that's my guy that's, for franchise wide receiver for the next 10 years, lock him up, take him at 15.
1: Now, that's a different conversation. Yeah, if the Broncos internally do all their due diligence and they come away with the... I mean, it's not a popular opinion, but I think it's still a valid one that, hey, Justin Jefferson, this guy, his work ethic is off the chart. And like he is, his hands are great. His route running, he's such a crafty route runner. And route runners are the guys that uh, most often translate. I think his high point is ending up being like a Michael Thomas. Now, that's if everything breaks right. But if you scout him and you're like, that's what this guy is. He's Michael Thomas. Then, yeah, that's a different thing. Then you can take him at 15 and go, let all these draft nicks – jump on us and beat us up for a while, but we'll end up being right in the long run. That's a different conversation. I don't think you should take your fourth wide receiver at 15 or your fifth wide receiver, your sixth wide receiver at 15, because it is such a stacked class. And I don't think the difference between Lamb, Judy and Ruggs and Regor and Mims and Chenault, the guys that I think will go at the top of the second round. I don't think it's that different. So I think you already have a hard time selling, taking a wide receiver at 15 anyways, even if it is one of those elite guys, and if it becomes the 4th, 5th, or 6th wide receiver at 15, I think it becomes an even tougher sell.
0: If, uh, give, me, give me an order. If the Broncos have their, their, their selection of the guy they ideally could add that could really bolster that pos- certain position group, what is the position group order at 15 of highest priority, top three?
1: Okay, I go... For you. Are we including Akuda in this? Because I don't think he'll make it to
0: 15. Well, no, no, but let's just, yeah, and and, and, I guess it's a valid question because realistically, Jeff Okuda is probably not going to be there at 15.
1: Okay. In that case, I'd say offensive tackle's one because I think protecting your quarterback's number one, and also that's just a greater need positionally and and all that uh, for the Broncos. So that's number one. Then number two is wide receiver in my book. And, And I did say earlier, it's not the greatest positional need. But the Broncos' top priority, if they win games, if they make the playoffs next season, that's great, and they should be shooting for that. But priority number one should be ensuring Drew Locke's success. And a wide receiver, giving him some weapons to work with on the outside has a much greater impact on that than adding a cornerback or a defensive lineman. Even though that might help your wins more, it won't help Drew Locke's development more, and I think that's
0: top priority. I think that's exactly where so, it should be Is is – adding another weapon for Drew Locke because I want to see as many weapons added to this offense right now because we're building the core of the offense right now, from Drew Locke to the offensive line, Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton, Philip Lindsay. There's a guy who's going to be around for five, six, seven years, if not longer, depending on the position you kind of look at. So you might as well add to the core now so that you can kind of have this, almost like this goal – and I don't mean to compare it to such a dynamic team, but kind of like this Golden State Warrior effect, where it's like, okay, well, we have uh, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, all for the next five years in their prime and young. Mm. Like, I'm, I'm, sign me up, baby, That's because in, in in this in this NFL, the franchise quarterback and offense is what wins. I, I'm I agree. sorry, it takes historic defenses. Yeah. The defenses by win championships. Motto, it's outdated. That is outdated. It is a historic defense's win championships. The Legion of Boom, the the no-fly zone, you know. Outside of that, it takes well, offense on a quarterback. Absolutely. I agree with that. And I think,
1: uh, kind of going on that point, trading down from 15 to 20, because that's kind of the greater conversation here, I think that really only makes sense if the Broncos, or it makes the most sense if the Broncos want to target defense. Because then maybe you can target a Grant Delpit who was viewed before the season started as the second best player in this draft. And then he had an awful senior season might drop out of mm-hmm. the first round. Now uh, that could be a need if, you know, they lose Will parks and cream Jackson's getting older uh, linebacker. I think that's one that is interesting for the Broncos. You've got Patrick queen and Kenneth Murray, two good linebacker proj- uh prospects. And it's a uh, um, position that's troubled the Broncos for a while. You could add that guy opposite of Alexander Johnson and you're, you've got one of the strongest linebacking cores for the next decade. I, I, I think that's something to consider. But like you're saying, offense wins championships now. And, and not only is it more valuable, but it's more consistent. A, a good offense is going to be good for five, six years because of the value of the quarterback and the offensive line. And the, those pieces maintain longer. When you build a historic defense like we saw here in Denver – it can be a flash in the pan and it's gone and you're back to being again, maybe a really good defense. I think the Broncos have been a really good defense over the past few years, but they they've never been I, special. I think it, the, it goes away so
0: quick. I think the big difference between the two is because you have to have more individual players on defense Absolutely. that individually are so specially talented. Absolutely. You know, on offense, you can get away with the third wide receiver. You can get away with the fullback. You could probably get away with mediocre talent at two or three offensive line positions, so long as you have a stud, uh, a, a play caller, and 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 quarterback, and maybe a very good left tackle. You can get away with those positions. You can't get away with a poor secondary or a poor linebacking core or any hole on defense, and that's why it makes it so tough. Because and you have teams running into salary cap issues and and you know just starving of talent or guys whose contracts are running out and trying to go get paid. Uh, a lot of different things going on. So certainly uh, is going to be an interesting discussion moving forward. And Zach, you're going to be joining me uh, quite a few times here as we get closer to the NFL draft, obviously. But uh, it is fascinating. Now, of course, the what's on draft. You got a lot of stuff going on. Tell us about it.
1: Yeah, just, again, a weekly series. I think this week we'll be talk, uh, tackling that question of should the Broncos trade up or down? Who should they target if they trade up? You know, I mentioned Jeff Akuda, but I think there's some other guys that the Broncos should really consider trading into the, the top ten for. It's what we call a tease. Uh, and then, uh, you know, talking about also some of those guys they could target if they do decide to trade down. Um, So, yeah, weekly stuff. As free agency happens, as the combine happens, we'll be updating that. That's uh, where you'll find your Mile High Sports mock drafts and uh, all that goodness.
0: Should be a lot of fun. You'll be joining me on the radio show, of course. And, uh, by the way, if you – want to check out the radio show, Selfish Plug, 3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, Monday through Friday. That's on Mile High Sports. So if you're local here in Denver, FM 104.7 or AM 1340 on the radio, you can always stream at MileHighSports.com, which of course, for our East Coast listeners, that is 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I swear I can do math. So be sure to check that out. And of course, a lot of different things going on at MileHighSports.com, not only with this Broncos Blitz podcast, but also a lot of the great stuff coming up with Zach articles, as well as uh, many uh, at the team of uh, MileHighSports.com with their writers. A lot of great stuff coming up. Zach, where can they follow you on Twitter uh, right before we get out of here?
1: They can find me on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-H underscore Seegers, S-E-G-A-R-S.
0: Tremendous. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, letter K, radio on Twitter. And, by the way, speaking of teases, as you mentioned, I'm going to try to get a Hall of Fame talent on the podcast here. As we like to say in this business, we're efforting. (laughs) <laughs> uh, to, to uh, potentially have a few couple guests join the podcast in the future, so look for that, including one who may have just been inducted uh, just a couple uh, oh, a week ago. I, I don't know who I could be talking about, but we'll see if we can get that done for you on the Broncos book podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and of course always, MyLifeSports.com with a lot of great stuff, a lot of great writing on the Denver Broncos. So, all done for the podcast. If you want to check out anything on the podcast, if you like the podcast, give it five stars and check it Out on the many platforms where you can find the podcast: Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, of course at MileHighSports.com, Spotify on there as well too. A lot of cool stuff you can listen on the go with the Broncos Blitz podcast at MileHighSports.com. That's MileHighSports.com. Later, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit MileHighSports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.